0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Landco podcast. We are on episode four of our waterfowl development series. And it's been a few months since we've updated this series. So if you're new to us, what we're doing here is uh, my partner and I, Ryan, bought a uh, 140 acre tract in Fulton County with the goal of turning it into um, a premier waterfowl farm. So what this series is doing is kind of documenting that whole process from start to finish. So you know, it's probably going to be a two, three, four year process to get it to where we want it to be. But we thought we would document that to kind of, you know, give value to our current clients that either um, own land and it'll give them some ideas what they can do to their farm. Um, people looking for land it might give them kind of maybe expand their horizons on what they're looking for, especially now the inventory is so bad that maybe it allows them to buy farms that aren't developed um, because they see potential that maybe other people don't. And, and it just kind of gives people an idea of what we do, uh, in addition to our standard, you know, land brokerage services. So, hopping back in, um, again, it's been a couple months, so there's a lot going on out there. A couple things that I just want to touch on briefly before we get into that um, design and development. We are looking at putting in power out there, and we're also applying for an upland preserve license. Not super relevant because we don't have a uh, – well, the power could be relevant, but the Upland specifically is not super relevant. We don't have a ton of clients that do that. I just bought an Upland dog, and it's something that uh, my family enjoys, so um, we're doing it. But the only reason that I bring it up is because it's a very like a lengthy process. So I think we applied back in March. It's not an expensive process. I mean, I think the qualifications are maybe – It might have to be like a couple hundred acres. And if if your farm isn't, you kind of have to get surrounding landowners to be, I might be off on that, but I believe it's around 200 acres. And if you get 200 acres on board, you can sign up for a commercial license, which gives you the right to hunt either six months or 12 months a year upland, um, depending on what license you buy. And I want to say it's only a 100 or 200 bucks to buy that license. The real cost comes in that you agree to uh, release or release to hunt, um, 250 birds, a combination of quail, uh, pheasant, and maybe chucker. I'm not sure on those, but um, if it's something that you enjoy, it's not a you know crazy expense, and it allows you to kind of train your dog, go out with your dog, upland hunt all year round. So, but the re- the reason I bring that up, I mean, all that's cool, and we can kind of walk you through that more if you're interested. But the reason that I bring that up, if it's something that you want to do, start now. Um, like everyone, they're kind of understaffed and everything's taking a while. So we applied back in like maybe March and they assigned someone the case, which is usually your your local DNR agent. And he was so busy that I don't think he could, I think it was late July, maybe by the time that um, he hooked up with us and checked out the farm to make sure that everything uh, qualified. And then we're still kind of waiting for all that stuff to go through. So we're You know, we're talking a six, eight month process. So I always say that to like, if it's something you want to do, uh, start sooner than later. Uh, Same goes for power. So at this specific farm, we don't have power. I mean, there's power at the road, like the road frontage of the farm, but there's nothing on the interior, at least in the section that we bought. So we don't know exactly what we would do with the power yet. Like we don't know where we'd put it. We haven't quite designed it yet, but that process takes so long now that we just start immediately. So where we are, at, it's Ameren, but most of them are pretty similar. Um, you apply to get a new service, they assign it to somebody, they have to come check it out, uh, measure everything, but that process can take like months. Uh, and then once they do that, then they have to go back and price it. So we probably started this process, oh, I don't even, four or five months ago, and we just got a price a couple weeks ago. So. I don't know that we'll do it right away, but now, since we have that that file in their system, when we're ready to move forward, it's ready to go. So just want to touch on those two things, um, mainly because if, there's, if there are things that you have in your long-term plans, start now because they take a while. So getting back into the uh, design and development of this farm, I believe where we left off last time was... Um, at the tail end of the construction of our new wetland in the area that we call Centerfield, center field. It's a big ag field. And, you know, go back, I'm not gonna like go over that again, go back and watch the last few episodes and it will kind of document how we designed that and how we built it. But when we left off, we had just planted all the corn, life was good. Then, um, and typically, you know, we'll plant corn with, you know, when we plant every, all the, the rest of the corn in the spring, But it's not too uncommon to get flooded out in the spring. We'll plant corn up until like mid-June, maybe even a little later, which usually gets you past all kind of the crazy rains, um, so you don't have to deal with flooding too much. This year, that was not the case. Like, I think it was early July, maybe late June. There were just some downpours. Like It rained for like a week, and our new wetland like literally filled up. Um, It's tiled, so it typically drains, but there's no laterals. It's just kind of one main tile and it could not keep up with the water. So that thing filled up. Um, I'll go through some of the pictures we have here. Well, here's the first one. I mean, you can see it is, uh, this was the aftermath of the rain. We lost about half of our corn. So you can replant corn and you could find really short season corn, like 78 day or 80 day. What we run into here in Illinois, and why we typically stay away from it once you get into July, is you do that math and, like, it works. You can say, okay, it takes 90 days to mature or 80. uh, We're good. Um, We'll flood it once it's done. But what you can run into here is you just run out of growing days. So, like, you get into September, early October, and you lose that warmth, um, cool nights, and it just stops growing. So, we get to July and we're looking towards millet or buckwheat. And for the most part, it's a fail safe. Like you get into July and there's not a ton of crazy rains and the millet can kind of withstand that a little better. So uh, looking at these pictures, what we did is we tore up, we disked and um, tilled everything that we didn't think was gonna produce ears. So here's some pictures here. I mean, you look at all this stuff, like all this area. And this is actually what I'm circling now. Uh, For those of you guys listening to this on the podcast, if you're interested enough, like we put some of this stuff on YouTube and we have pictures that we kind of walk through. So check that out um, if you want. But I'm showing some pictures here. This big area we worked up that used to be corn. Wasn't going to make it. So all that area, there are some low areas throughout the rest of the wetland that we tilled up. On the this area in this picture, we put in millet. On the east end, that was a little more shallow. We put in buckwheat. And it worked it worked great I mean what we what it does add to our challenges is that like you know with an entire corn wetland you can kind of cut out your shooting hole and like you know where they're going to land blind placement is a little um is a little easier this makes that a little more challenging but we were like you know what let's just get as much food as we can in there it's year one of this wetland even if we don't hunt it we're like let's just let these birds find that so Um, it will be a little weird, like they're going to be able to land in a lot of areas in this wetland and they, you know, so we might miss some birds wide or, or whatever, but that's, we're cool with that. This year, our goal is to, to, um, to have as much food, have the birds find it as much as possible. And we'll worry about the rest of that stuff later. So you can even see some of these pictures here, like, you know, it looks almost like roads, like it's, it's narrow enough that literally everywhere where the corn was not going to grow we tilled up and put into um millet and buckwheat and then cultivated in so here's a picture of the aftermath of the buckwheat this was probably a month ago but still you can tell that like the buckwheat did great this one's from just a couple days ago the millet did great um so we have a ton of food in that wetland so we're we're pretty much done like we don't have a blind out there we'll figure that out and um, we'll kind of bring you guys along and let you know where we decide to put it and all that stuff, For the most part, that wetland's done. We put the gates in the agger drain just yesterday, and we're just waiting for that thing to fill up. So that one, we're at a standing point. Um, Sunflowers for my next picture, but uh, there's not a ton to talk about. We just, like Ryan and I loved, probably, well, everybody loves to death hunt, but uh, so we put in like three or four acres of sunflowers. And again, this, this is strip mine property. It's not the best soil in the world. Um, so our sunflowers were like, they were great for strip mine property, but you know, they're fine. They're not, they're not incredible. Um, they did good enough. We shot a bunch of doves out there. Um, kids got into it, bring the kids out there. If you haven't dove hunted or or grown sunflowers on your farm, it, you know, it's not a long season. If it gets cold, it could be like, you know, one or two days even, but those couple days are like some of my favorite days of the year. So if you want to try that, get in touch with us. Um, But that went great. Um, We also briefly touched on what we were, at the time, a couple months ago, anticipating turning into a lake, Uh, this area called Clam Lake that we kind of inherited. Um, But when we got it, it wasn't a lake, it was a wetland, but the wetland had been kind of like... I don't know, there was a ton of wetlands on this property, and um, this one didn't hunt that well, so it just kind of got left alone. Uh, And what happens when you leave something alone is it just becomes a mess. So let me try to find a picture of the, here's a good picture. Like it's a kind of blurry overhead view, but uh, it's not tiled. It sits low, but there's like kind of drainage, drainage ditches through it, which is cool. That totally works. But if you don't stay on top of those, Fragmite can just kind of like just take over those areas. So literally of this, this wetland will kind of outline those um, all this stuff. like get this whole area up here. All that stuff was like, you know, you couldn't walk through it, you couldn't plant it. So it just became kind of a pain to plant around it. They killed some birds down there, but not a lot. So what we decided to do, um, again, so let me take one step back. I think the last time we had this conversation a couple months ago, we had planned on turning this into a lake. This whole area here, uh, we were gonna raise it six or eight feet and turn it into a big lake. We were working with the neighbor on that, and he was going to raise his lake you know, four or eight feet, which was going to allow us to raise ours. He has since decided not to do that, at least for the time being. So um, we're not comfortable with the depth. Uh, you know, we like to have. I think the general rule of thumb is like you want ten percent. You want let me see that back. You want ten feet or greater in twenty percent of your lake. We probably err on the side of like having a little, little more depth. So we'd like to say 12 feet or more on 20% um, of the lake. And we just, we weren't going to get there uh, with the way this was designed. So we still may turn this into a lake down the road, uh, especially if the neighbor decides to raise his. But for the time being, we're like, we're taking a step back from that idea, which isn't the end of the world. Like our goal here is to to make this a waterfowl farm, uh, you know, a duck hunting farm. So... If we don't have a fishing lake here, not the end of the world. So our plan now is to get in there, clean up all that Phragmite, and try to level out as much of that as we can, clean those ditches up so we can maintain them, and turn it back into the wetland that it probably was when it was designed. So some of these pictures, like you can see, here's us mowing this Phragmite down. It was it was thick and it was nasty. Uh, you couldn't walk through it. Can't obviously plant through it. So the first thing we did was cut all that down. Um, like here's a, an old duck blind that we used to hunt out of and you can see like all it's probably been years since you could hunt this area because all the stuff was, you know, 10 foot tall Phragmite. So we cut all that stuff down. Well, that's kind of a bad picture. This is one of the drainage ditches some more of that Phragmite. But here's what here's a good picture of what happens when you have those drainage ditches and don't maintain them and kind of let the Phragmite get out of control is you can't access them anymore. And it's not, you know, we're not talking about tile that's below grade that flows water. This is just a natural ditch. And, you know, it was shaped at some point with an excavator or something. But what happens if you don't maintain that is like this whole area is like... I'm trying to explain it for people who aren't watching this and don't see this picture, but a lot of that sediment will come down and it'll like block off part of that drainage ditch. So it won't allow it to, to drain properly. So this area like that needs cleaned out. So this stuff can keep draining down. So the plan there, at least for this year going into next year, because we're too late to plant stuff this year. So we just want to make sure we're prepared for next year is we're getting rid of all the Phragmite. We are, um, leveling off the areas that don't need ditches so we can plant through them like here this picture right here this area used to be a you know a ditch with phragmite we don't think we need it so that area we we got rid of all that stuff brought in some dirt and just leveled it out so we can plant through it that is not going to be the case for all of it um it just needs to drain water we did find a spring like in the middle of september it was still draining water um so we cleaned up the ditches that we think we're going to need to keep. So like, here's a great picture like this, all this mud out here was stuff that we got rid of, we cleaned it from these banks and we'll let it sit there until it dries out and we'll go in and, you know, in a week or two and we'll smooth it out. But at least the, we have these nice clean drainage ditches that we can plant right up next to and we could spray them and just make sure that, um, you know, we're keeping them under control. So that is the plan there. Here's kind of a bird's eye view of that wetland we weren't entirely done yet when this picture was was taken, but it gives you an idea, like it's a huge, let me try to find a, go back to that overhead picture. It's a big area, so this, you know, not these blue lines, but it's a little lower, but this, this area, I mean, we're talking, it's probably bigger than the center field wetland. It might be six or eight acres maybe. And before you could probably only plant two or three of that. Moving into next year, we think we'll be able to plant like nearly all of it um, minus a few ditches. So that's our plan there. Again, we're doing work now because we're going to fill it this year just to kind of get the birds used to the water, but there's going to be no food in there this year. So we're not, we're not expecting to hunt it. We're just filling it up to have water there to get the birds, you know, keep them used to it. But more than anything, we want to have this work done now. So after the season, you know, say January, February, whatever it is, we can drain that and give it time to dry So come April it's dry as a bone and we could plant through it without having to try to fight, you know, getting any work done early spring. So it can be nice to work on this stuff, you know, in the fall before, it's kind of weird that you're giving up a season uh, if you don't have other wetlands, but come next spring, this one's going to be ready to roll. So that one is done. Well, at least done to the point, um, where we can get it this year. So that one's ready to roll. Uh, Let me scroll through some of these pictures here. That was the last one so the next project that we had we may I may have touched on the idea that we're going to do something with it last episode but we hadn't started anything but if you look at let me find a aerial view here so this is this would be the uh, we're looking at these, the northwest side of our farm and we're making another new wetland not because we think like we need a ton more food out here um, but the wetland was like, it was already almost completed. A lot of times we look at like opportunities on a farm and kind of, kind of run through like, what's the cost value there? Like how much is it going to cost us and is it going to be, how cool is it going to be? And this wetland that we're t- I'm about to talk about, it's not going to be huge. You know, I can't imagine that we'll hunt it as much as we hunt the other stuff, but the cost to put it in was like, it was very low because it was it was almost already a wetland. Like there was a a drainage ditch going through there that was tiled already. Um, So it's a flat bottom. There was a levee in place, like a dry dam. You know, a lot of times, if you're looking for these places that might not be expensive to build, like go look at your tillable fields. If it's been levied at all, um, if anyone's put in dry dams, to kind of slow erosion, it's a good spot to start because you could almost use those as your your levy for a wetland a lot of the times they are not huge because you know they're not trying to when farmers put those in they're not trying to impound like a bunch of water they're trying to slow water down but they can double for wetlands they're just not huge but the cost to do them to convert them to wetlands is like is very low so this was one of those cases so like looking at this this picture so we're looking south at this this low area right here, when we shot this, I'll show you that picture was done. Like all we had to do was put in an agri drain here and this would, would hold water. All this water from this top field drains down there and it's tiled right through the middle. So it was an easy spot to do it. So we just went ahead and did it and we did decide to make it a little bigger cause it was pretty small. And so let me, let me run through some of these pictures. Here's this area. So this was the drain it's tiled right through the middle. The problem was, well, actually, this one did have an agar drain in it from way back in the day. You can kind of see the top of it. But someone had, like, ran over it with the batwing, so it was worthless. So what we did was just dug a hole here and put it in a new box, tied to the agar drain and we're home free. Like, even if that's all we did, <clears throat> even if that's all we did, it'd be a pretty cool wetland. We'd hunted a few times a year. Um, but it wasn't the biggest. Like, I want to say it was only, like, Here's a perfect picture of it. It was only like maybe an acre, which that's cool. It's a good enough wetland if that's all you have. Um, But this particular case, it was pretty efficient to to make it bigger on the east. So here's what we looked at. and Here's what we kind of landed on. This mowed spot, it's not exactly the waterline, but it's pretty close to what the waterline would be. It's something like that. And there's our box down here kind of the tile goes here. So that's cool. It was about like an acre, like I said, but this whole area over here was like the slope of that, the grade <clears throat> of that um, incline was so gradual that we decided to spend a few days pushing this dirt out. I'm going to redraw that cause it's awful. We decided to push this dirt out into this area. There's some low spots, some trees, um, so two, we accomplished two things there. We kind of filled in these low holes next to it. And it also allowed us to get more water for the wetland. So this yellow area, let's show some pictures, is now under water grade. So that the whole thing is, is these two combined. So the thought process here, let me back out of that. Is that we mowed all the stuff here and we're converting it into tillable. So we'll be able to plant corn here and we're going to plant all the way through, all the way into the wetland. So all this stuff will be corn, you know, through here and then we'll harvest. You know, the plan is now, this could change, but the plan now is to harvest all this stuff. So we'll literally have corn stubble going down the hill into the wetland. You know, we can maybe hide a blind here or something and have our shooting hole in here, which would be corn stubble that rolls up into an ag field. What a confusing drawing, but if you're listening and looking at the picture, it'll make sense. So that's what we did and it's literally, it's done already. I mean, here's a picture of us uh, mowing everything out there and kind of shooting elevation to see how much dirt we need to remove. You know, we had to pluck some trees out. Uh, I say trees, they were small trees. It wasn't, we got them with the Bobcat. Um, Here is the new agar drain that we put in. And again, these agra drains, we, we talk about them a lot, but essentially this is a gate valve this thing ties down to the tile, which goes, you know, is subgrade. But we have a box here that attaches to another pipe. And there's just gates. You know, so if you have the gates up, the water goes straight through. If you put the gates in, undo that, it goes into the valve, over the gates, and out. So your water level is wherever that gate is. You know, so you can fill it all the way, really, to the top of that um, drain box. So there's the drain there's the box. Um, and here's where we started getting into uh, moving dirt around. You know, the pictures aren't gonna show up perfectly, but here was the existing water line. And essentially he's just pushing dirt back. So that is all underwater as well. I say that was a water line. This, was, this area was like, um, I think two feet underground. So he's pushing that this area back. So that will also be uh, water when we fill it another angle of it Uh, here is the finished product so all of this area over here this new area um, that we kind of excavated out so here is the the slope that we were left with so this area out here will be our the cornfield and it'll so we can plant all the way through right down to the wetland and pick that and have kind of our shooting hole can be here kind of with corn stubble so it should be a pretty cool project so that is done. Um, so we're kind of at a standstill, and which is cool. It's welcome, like a welcome change. We're getting into hunting season. We're almost into early October here. Now we're just kind of waiting for these to fill up. Um, and we get as you know we got as much done as we could on the three wetlands that we have going. And uh, so once we get into you know after the season, we'll be ready to go for next year. And well, I'm excited about this year just because you know we love to shoot ducks like. I think next year will start to show the potential of this farm uh, and then it should only get better. So that's it. We've got uh, three wetlands rolling into this year with a couple more planned. Well, at least one more planned. Um, they're kind of spaced out evenly throughout the throughout the property. So the design went well. Um, moving forward, the issues we'll have to deal with, and they're not issues this year, but um, we may put up a building there. Um, we're talking about putting power to, um, well, one, if the building, but two, to like maybe get some electric pumps out there. So pumping water is easy. You know, it, pumping can be a pain if you don't have access to electric pumps, but you know, we may choose just to stick with the gas pumps, but that's gonna be an issue to see how we get water to all these wetlands. Luckily for us, like we're all friends with the neighbors and there's plenty of water out there and we can pump from their lakes and stuff. But it's always nice to have a farm kind of standalone, um, work efficiently, by itself. So we will be looking to figure out how to accomplish that. Um, <clears throat> we'll be probably building another wetland and then we'll probably regroup and readdress the clam, uh, lake in the next couple of years to see if we want to turn that into a lake or keep it a wetland. But a lot of that stuff, we'll kind of like, you know, see how it goes over the next few years before we make that decision. But, uh, that's it for this episode. Um, as soon as we have some more developments, we'll, uh, we'll add it to this series and um, release another episode so uh, stay tuned we'll come at you with more info as soon as we have it but we appreciate you guys listening and uh we'll be back shortly